Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Single Seater Space podcast with me, James Scott. After a pretty quiet week of motorsport, you have to be say that February's not really given us any F1 fans anything at all to um, consider. Um, not been any sort of big driver news. I don't really think there's been any sort of kind of team applications. I think it's really kind of been a slow start. Um... Yeah, I don't really know where we begin. I'm joined by uh, Formula One and Formula E editor Taron Glazebrook at Single Seater Space. Um, Taron, slow news week. Not so much to report, I guess. Uh, Alfa Romeo's striking green and black livery um, as they rebrand to stake F1 team. Um, that That's kind of... Kind of really it, wasn't it? Slow news week. Yeah, I, I don't know what what silly season is, to be honest. I think 2023 silly season's kind of been a bit continued. Um, but yeah, we've had a few car launches here and there. Um, uh, I, I've seen some memes comparing the, the, the Sauber livery to a green highlighter, a green Stablo highlighter. That was quite funny to see. Um, as Valtteri Bottas looks very... Uh, he actually looks pretty decent in his um in his new race suit um the best race suit though williams in white i saw those guys and i immediately thought to myself those people look hot because they (laughs) they look seriously seriously amazing i might be slightly biased being an alex album fan you all you all know you all know the gist of things at the moment i am the albano fanboy here but um yeah, Williams also released their car livery too. Looks pretty okay. Um, bit of two tone blue. But one thing though with it, why have they got the French flag on the front nose? I don't know if you've seen James. It's got like they got red, white, and blue. Now I don't think of the Union Jack when I see that. I don't think of the UK flag. I immediately think, why have they got France on there? They're based in the UK. Why have they got the French flag? James, what do you think of the Williams livery? Why have they got the French flag? They just look kind of confused with uh, with Alpine, to be honest. I saw a thing on uh, on Twitter which was just like the Williams livery looks like a, a blue Citroen car with a battery on the top. And I was like, yep, nice. Yeah, that'll do. Um, yeah, some nice touches on the Williams car, but it's basically the same as, basically the same as last year. But really, yeah. Um, quite weak, to be honest. Um... I I heard something about this Lewis Hamilton fella making a move to Ferrari. Don't really know. Don't really know much about. Yeah, oh, no, I'm joking. All right, let's get actually be a bit serious now. Um, Lewis Hamilton moving to Ferrari sent shockwaves. Uh, we recorded two segments of last week's podcast because we did an emergency segment about Andretti, and then in between the release of the emergency segment about Andretti and the uh, podcast. Um, with the Formula E in it as well last week, the news came out that Lewis Hamilton was moving to Ferrari. But um, yeah, uh, we we couldn't we just we just weren't in a position to record. Um, neither of us were in any sort of um, any sort of position with any recording equipment nearby and other things going on. We thought we'd tie it into this week's episode. Um, it's a few days old then, so we've allowed it to marinate for a bit. Um, we're going to assess. We actually, there's no, there's not much point assessing the uh, the gravity of the move because obviously, it's probably the largest drive move in F1 history since Lewis Hamilton went from McLaren to Mercedes. Um, Taron, uh, I kind of, I guess, want to know from you. Um, um, before we move on to what the actual part of this podcast is, um, 
do you think Ferrari will be competitive enough to fight for a championship in 2026? Just quite simply, yes or no, and like a couple of reasons why. Like, is this going to pay off? I think just the evidence of the past year, I'm going to say no. It doesn't matter how good a driver you can be when um, your team is prone to making a few clowny errors. Um, I, I, I know Lewis is a very good driver. I know Charles Leclerc is also a very good driver. That driver lineup, that driver pairing is seriously amazing. Um, it'll, I don't think uh, there'll be any driver pairing on the grid that could beat that. But um, at the end of the day, it's what it, it, this is. This is a team championship. You know, F1 is a team sport. At the end of the day, um, as well as you can do individually, I know you can have a team that can be carried by a driver. We we saw that last year quite a few times. But um, at the end of the day, to win a championship, you require your team to be working on all cylinders. And well, Ferrari, um, yeah, let's just say uh, that they haven't been um, doing that um, for the past few years. And um, Lewis can perhaps teach them a little a thing or two. Um, my one thing, though, with the driver moving, I don't know if you saw this, but um, not only is Hamilton um, earning the same amount as Haas's yearly budget of $100 million a year... But um, when the um, when they announced Lewis Hamilton would be joining the team, Ferrari's share price jumped seventeen percent. That is ten billion dollars. That's a hell of a lot of money. Um, and I think we're not really surprised, James. Well, we talked about it last week when we were on the Andretti stuff, and. Um... We were kind of discussing which brands add value to Formula One and which brands does Formula One add value to. And I think it's quite easy to say that Ferrari is one of the only two or three that um, adds value to Formula One rather than the other way around. And yeah, um, with uh, with Lewis Hamilton as well, who is his own brand, of course, I'm involved in so many different projects and, um, and, and things outside of the racetrack that when those two combine, yeah, there's sort of $10 billion. Um, that's not a small sort of sharing at all um and uh yeah no it sent shockwaves around the uh around the world and um had a very big impact on the uh, financial market especially because ferrari moved up four spots thanks to that in the uh in, they think they moved into the top five of the biggest car companies in the world and um yeah all thanks to uh all thanks to a bloke from stevenage signing for them um big up stevenage what uh bottom there but they're in uh, Bolton's league. So, um, yeah, uh, they also produced the uh, greatest racing driver of all time, um, in my opinion. Go on, fight me in the non-existent Spotify comments, please. Um, so, we thought what we were going to do then is we might predict 2024 and the constructors, right? Because, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. It's going to be the same, but... Everyone's looking for 2025, right? So I think everyone kind of wants to speed run this season just so we can get to next year and the year after because we kind of know what's going to go down this season. However, at Single Seater Space, we aim to please people and we aim to do things in a routine. So it would be bad to start the season without putting out some horrific predictions. So on that note, Taron, can you give me your Constructors' Championships 10th to 6th place, please? Um, in 10th, I'm going to say Haas. 9th, I've said, I'm going to call him Sauber. 9th is Sauber. 8th, Williams. 7th, Aston Martin. 
sixth, I'm going to say Toro Rosso. Because I'm not calling them Visa Cash. Screw that. Toro Rosso will be sixth. Um, I, 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 I've, I've taken this really seriously in my notes. Um, I just put Haas, lol, in tenth. Um, uh, ninth, I put the steak emoji. So that'll be Sauber. Eighth, I just put Cash App. So I, uh, that'll be Toro Rosso. Seventh, I have Williams and sixth, I have Alpine. Um, we both got them in 10th. Their team principal says, I think we'll be last. Um, ever uh, ever the uh, ever the optimist. Um, Taron, can you see anything thing happening other than uh, Sauber? Sorry, not Sauber. Oh, oh, I've, I've nearly ruined a big moment. Uh, have you, can you see anything other than Haas finishing plum last? Yeah, hopes aren't running too high. Um, I think it's fair to say at Sauber. Uh, at Haas. Sorry, you've spread this disease now, James. I can't believe you. Um, to, the, the, it hopes I'm running too high at Haas. Um, yeah, um, I, think, I think your notes just summarise it completely. Like, lol, last. L- l- last of the last. I think it's fair to say, um, especially when you're saying that their the, the team principal uh, is been saying, "Yeah, we'll finish last." Don't think much is going to happen. Um, it, it, it's it's just I think it's quite predictable though. I don't I I don't want to say that, but the way the team has been going over the past few years, we talk, we've talked about them a few times on on, on the podcast this year, despite the fact they haven't really appeared too much, apart from the fact Gunter got sacked. Um, he left the team. Um, we it's just it's, stuff ain't looking good. It ain't looking good. Hopes aren't high. Um, my favorite thing though was um the fact that um Williams have a li- ha- have a sponsor Komatsu, and has jumped onto there um onto Insta immediately saying, hmm, "You're you're running our team principal on your side on the side pods the whole year." Yeah, it might be the only sign we might see of the team in some points, to be fair. It's on the Williams livery. Um, I'm sorry, Haas, but you hasn't got any potential. Yeah, no, uh, I think... Uh, if Formula 1's comments about, you know, Andretti wouldn't be competitive, and then you've got Haas's team principal saying, we aren't competitive. Um, you know, not really looking great for them in 2024, but the problem is right with them. They scrapped off 2021 to prepare themselves for 2022, which admittedly they did slightly better in 2022 than they did in 2021. However, since then, they have gone backwards. So all of the funds that they invested in having a good blueprint for the new type of car has been pretty terrible. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Not looking good. Ninth, we have um, Sauber Stake F1 team. Um, Yeah. I think that's pretty much where they are. Their driver lineup is probably the weakest on the grid. Um, an aging Valtteri Bottas alongside a consistent, if uninspiring, Joe Guan Yu is. Um, it's just kind of, just kind of all right, really. Like there's no, there's nothing bad about it. There's nothing good. It's just kind of the most uninspiring team on the grid. Um, they are really digging their heels in until they become. Uh, until they become Audi. They've almost sold their soul having to uh, rely on um, uh, rely on slightly dodgy sponsors. Um, and so, yeah, they've, uh, they're, 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 they're very much waiting on uh, Audi. Um, Taron, can you see, can you see Stake F1 team doing anything better than just regularly beating Haas? Yeah, nah. I think they're there to look good. And when you have Valtteri Bottas in the team, 
your team is there to just look good. Um, like, geez, Valtteri is looking very nice indeed for this coming season. Um, I think it's fair to say. But um, yeah, again, um, Sal Salba. I, I can't be asked to call them steak. I don't know why. They're not even going to be called steak for half of the season because of um, sponsorship rights stuff that legalized in different countries over the world. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to call them Salba. Um, just not, yeah, as you said, not really inspiring. Um, just, they're just there. I think that's the only reason that they exist at the moment. Um, definitely one team that is kind of not looking to the now, not looking at the present situation. They're looking towards the future. They're looking at Audi and thinking, what can, what, 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 what is the bare minimum we can do until we are called, um, until we're called Audi. Um, so yeah, Salba in ninth uh, looks quite likely. Right. So uh, this is where we begin to diverge then for eighth place. Um, I have, uh, I've got racing bulls, Visa, Cash App, Visa, contactless of your Clay Craig Slater. And it wasn't funny the first time, and it won't ever be funny. Um, yeah, Toro Rosso, I've got them in eighth, and I've got Williams seventh, whereas you've got Williams in eighth and Aston Martin in seventh. Um, firstly, I guess we'll talk about Williams. We've kind of, if you average it out, we've kind of got them slightly lower down. Um, why? Why Williams? I think there's only so much you can do with one driver scoring points consistently and um, as much as, you know, we hope, Logan, well, I hope Logan Sargent kind of pulls his finger out this uh, this year. Sadly, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, uh, I'll give him a chance, and I hope I'm wrong. But um, when it, but last year, was Williams were very lucky last year. They were very lucky the season end came as early as it did, because uh, <laughs> I reckon um, one more race, what just one more race, and um, they would have been below Toro Rosso or AlphaTauri or whatever the hell you want to call them in the standings. Um, they just got lucky. But, so I just I've got I've got the mates this year. Um, I saw a little interview that J that that James Valls did, um, and basically he was just saying, "Don't care about 2024." I don't care about 2025. We can finish last. I really don't care. They have that. They also they're a team with their eyes on 2026. They they are seeing that as an area. They're seeing that as a year, an era where they can push to the front of the grid. So um, I think at the moment they're just trying to do the bare minimum. And I think at the moment they look good for eighth because realistically, I hope they finish in front of Salba. I hope they finish in front of Haas. Um. Do you want to have any words on Williams before we talk about our seventh place constructor? Well, yeah, no, I've seen the uh, I've seen the same clip as the same clip as you, and uh, yeah, no, they um, he was very clear about that, and you know everything. What we do yesterday isn't good enough. What we do tomorrow today, well, when we do the stuff tomorrow, today won't be good enough. So I think James Valves is great, um, and I think yeah, I think Logan Sargent. I will improve. I've heard that on the simulator, the car feels for Logan Sargent much better to drive, which means he may spend less time in gravel and more time on asphalt. But that will remain to be seen when the car actually gets out in uh, pre-season testing. Um, so, seventh, you have Aston Martin, which would be quite the fall from grace if you consider how uh, how strong Aston Martin were at the start of 2023 before they eventually started to go backwards. Um, yeah, seventh place for Aston Martin. I've got Toro Rosso in seventh. Um, yeah, Taron, tell us about Taron. Uh, tell us about... Aston Martin. Yeah, this prediction can be very stinky, so I'll just put that out there, but 
if you hear me out, Aston Martin's trajectory last season, their trajectory of improvement was horrible. They fell so hard. Like, we were thinking at some points of the end of last season, they were behind Alpine. They were, you know, they were, they were you know, the grid at Cota, you know, it, it wasn't looking good for them at the, at the end of last season. And I do hope to be wrong. I do hope that I see Alonso get another podium because he deserves it. Um, but, um, yeah, yet, yet again, it's another team that will be fighting one-handed unless Lance Stroll learns um, how to drive a car. So, um, I just have Aston Martin there. Only so much you can do with one driver doing well. Only so much you can do with a car that has um, has, has 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 had a full from from grace of its own. So yeah, that's what I why I've got Aston Martin in seventh. Yeah, no, they kind of dropped off um, quite significantly. I have them in fifth. Um, well, I've, I've just leaked the top five. It doesn't really make much difference. Um, but yeah, they are significantly a shadow of the team that they were at the start of 2023. And although they had a slight uptick in form towards the end of 2024, I also think that relying on one driver as heavily as they do is not so good. Um, cash app then. Visa. Toro Rosso. Um, why have you got them so significantly higher than they were in 2023? Now, I know that they're using the RB19 as a blueprint. However, there's only so much they can do with that. And other teams have also tried to copy Red Bull with its side pods and its aero and stuff. And we've seen how that went for Haas and for um, uh, and for Alfa Romeo last year and stuff. So why are you so confident that this time it'll come off? Hear me out, James. So... If you looked at improvements from last year, we had, of course, McLaren doing a, a monster job. But the other team that was doing kind of a similar bit, but probably not on a wider scale and a little bit later, was Alpha Tauri, Toro Rosso, whatever the hell you want to call them. Um, that team, uh, that, that that Red Bull Junior team. Um, yeah, I, I, I just feel that they, they were improving last year, and I feel that they deserve six. They've got a balanced driver pair that they did not have last year. Last year they had four drivers. This year, hopefully, hopefully, I don't, I don't, I don't want to jinx them. Hopefully, they'll have two drivers who are going to be consistently there doing job. Um, Yuki Tsunoda has shown that he's improved in F1 at a good rate, and um, hopefully, he continues this year and does a good job. Daniel Ricciardo too. A guy who wants to have a fight back into F1. He wants to prove that he wants to be there. He is there for 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 for, for the team. So um, I just feel um, Torosso with the RB19 um, could do a job this coming season, and that's why I put them six. Yeah, not not a not an outrageous shout. I just don't think that they'll be able to improve that significantly that they can get to um, the front so fast. Uh, not really the front, but kind of in that upper mid-pack, really. Um, Taron, can you give me, then, your top five? Because, uh, actually, no. Let's talk about Alpine. I'm assuming you've got Alpine fifth. Just just nod your head. Good. So you got Alpine fifth. Um, so really, this was what your bottom six look like, what your top four look like. Um, Alpine, then, I have them sixth. You have them fifth. You have them ahead of Aston Martin. I don't. Um, I'll give you my reasons why. I just don't believe that they can kind of significantly improve. This French lightning just never seems to strike. Um, it just kind of seems like a lot of rumbly thunder and not very much lightning. They don't really have any kind of killer blows. They're just there picking up some points, kind of finishing decently, no sort of massive kind of run or any great 
deal of results. A um, couple of podiums here and there if they're lucky, but uh, another another year in the life of Alpine. Um, what do you think? I'm being nice to Alpine. I feel like I, I, we, we, we've hit them pretty hard on the Single Seater Space podcast, especially, I think, in my big F1 summary of 2023, you can find on our website, I beat them pretty hard. Um, so I feel like I need to be nice to them and level it out a little bit. So I'll say they'll finish fifth because um, hopefully all, all the, hopefully that the inter-team in, in rivalry has calmed down a little bit. I th- I'm hoping um, or they, they've been told off a little bit. They've been told to get on with the jobs. They don't need to be friends. They just need to work. Yeah, it, they need to work as a team to do well for the team itself. And... Um, I think that that that's what they'll do this coming season. They've got two drivers who are very capable of doing stuff. That Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon both got podiums last season, so there is no secret that Alpine are very capable. When it's their day, it's their day to do something. The one thing they need to do is not have stinker days, which they are quite prone to. And when they have stinker days, ho ho ho, they really do stink. So um, yeah, I, I, I've said Alpine are finishing in fifth. Yeah, uh, I I really do think they just kind of sit there. They don't do very much. Um, I like Alpine, um, but I just they just they just kind of lightning. French lightning just doesn't seem to strike at the moment. And um, yeah, a team that you kind of really want to see do well and could do well at the front, but um, yeah, no. Uh, Taron, can I have your top four then, please, in order? So in fourth, I have Ferrari. Third, I have Mercedes. In second, I've said McLaren. And in first, um, uh, I don't think it's really any surprise. Um, Yeah, Red Bull first, no surprises at all there. Yep, and I've got fourth, I've got Mercedes. Third, I've got McLaren. Second, I've got Ferrari. And first, I've got Red Bull. Right, we've both got Mercedes outside of the top two. So we'll go for that one first. Um, when it rains, it pours, and it kind of looks like it's falling apart a little bit. Um, the announcement of uh, Lewis Hamilton leaving will certainly have rocked the ship, not least because I think it was quite a surprise to many. Of course, they called that emergency meeting at 2 o'clock before the announcement came at 7 o'clock. Um, and, yeah, I think with one eye on 2025 and that uncertainty... Um, I think Mercedes's on-track performance of 2024 will be taking a hit. Um, yeah, Taron, agree in that? Yeah, uh, I think all, all this kind of change for 2025 is going to distract people at down at Mercedes. Um, I, I, I know they're a well-oiled oiled outfit, so I'm still we're, we're still we're still I'm still saying they're going to finish in the top three in the constructors. Um, but yeah, def- definitely the way. They went last season um, and definitely with the news that Hamilton is going and taking basically half of the Mercedes team with him. I think it, I think it's going to play a bit of mind games and it is. And I think, I think um, that is perfectly right. You've had, you've had a guy who's basically been a member of, the, you know, of your team for 12 years now. That's, that, that's a, that's a pretty long amount of time to, to, to have a driver at your team for. So, um, the news is going to hit. It's going to hit hard mentally, and the team are going to struggle a little bit, I think. And um, 
yeah, a Mercedes are not going to finish in the top two. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree, especially because they scored so many fewer points last year. It never once looked like they actually had the second quickest car. It was just um, for McLaren and Ferrari shooting themselves in the foot every week. And so uh, Mercedes were there to pick up the pieces rather than actually objectively doing it on pace. Right, I've got Ferrari second, you've got Ferrari fourth. So... I am going to say that I think now that Fred Vasseur has full control of this Ferrari team, we'll be seeing the most amateur mistakes ironed out and that the car that is quick will be finally performed to where it should be. And I suspect they'll be close with McLaren for second and third. I've gone Ferrari just because I believe that their driver lineup is a touch superior. Maybe just that extra added nous of uh, Carlos Sainz maybe gives him the edge over Oscar Piastri and then Leclerc and Norris are pretty similarly matched. Um, I think, yeah, I kind of think that's where uh, I'm I'm looking um, for that battle for second and I think Ferrari are going to edge it. Although Sainz leaving, maybe his head may be a touch distracted unless he's already got something locked down. Um, yeah, Taron, what, what are your views on Ferrari? That's my exact reason of putting them in fourth. I think Sainz is... Um, I don't think he's in the correct mind space at the moment. You know, he was the only driver outside of Red Bull to win a race in 2023. And then he's just been given the boot for 2025. You know, it's it's pretty harsh and uh, no, no fault of his own. But I do think Carlos is going to be... Um, he's, I think he's going to be pretty upset. It's going to affect him mentally. I think he will make a late season comeback, to be honest with you. I do think he'll have settled down and realised, okay, if I don't have a seat for 2025, I need to actually prove to other th other teams that he is worthy. So um, it, it, I, ju I, just, I just feel like Ferrari are going to be sat in fourth. Um, I, as you said, that they're amateurish errors. I do think, think, think they'll have a few in next season. Um I, I do think it's quite difficult for Ferrari not to have a few errors here and there. Um but um yeah, I just feel like P two, P three and P four are gonna be so tight throughout the whole season. I've put them in that order because of how I'm feeling of looking at it at the moment. I'm completely prepared for all three of them to be wrong. I'm very prepared for Ferrari to be actually on the pace early on in the season and ultimately they could very well finish in second. Mercedes could very well be in fourth. Who knows? It's going to be tight between the second, third and fourth. Yeah, I just kind of think actually with Carlos Sainz, he might go up with a point to prove and prove to other teams that he is actually good rather than kind of wallowing in his own sadness and, um, and you know, making himself feel a bit worse and driving badly. So I guess this kind of, if it's like a double-edged sword, it could go really wrong or it could really sort of kick him into action. And then McLaren... Um, most impressive resurgence of last year. Started off terribly, looking to improve. I don't think they'll be close enough to Red Bull, but they have encouraging signs and a very, very strong driver lineup. Um, Norris and Piastri. Piastri in his sophomore year now. He knows the ropes. He knows everything um, about kind of McLaren, what it takes to drive the team. Full 12 months there. And uh, I think this we will definitely see uh, a much stronger Oscar Piastri points-wise. I know performance-wise he was good, up until like Qatar, then actually it tailed off a little bit, sort of under the radar he tailed off and didn't actually end up scoring more points than Lewis Hamilton did in his rookie season, despite the uh, points change from 2010. Um, so, um, yeah, I think McLaren will be strong. Uh, I'm assuming then 
well, we know we've got the uh, world champions uh, ready to do it again. Um, Adrian knew he's a genius. Verstappen's the best driver on the grid, and uh, despite any any sort of off track things that are going on. Um, where there's an uh, internal investigation into Christian Horner, which we won't comment on until we find out the results of Friday's investigation. Um, we're just going to leave that there. Even without that, I still believe that Red Bull holds such a significant advantage that they will uh, take the championship in 2024, regardless of uh, who's in charge of that team when they've got Max Verstappen driving what can only be described as you know one of the great cars designed by Adrian Newey. Yeah, uh, when you've got Adrian Newey doing his masterpieces, you know when Adrian Newey's in the zone, you you you're everyone else in the grid, you're done. You just close up shops, you're done because Adrian Newey's here, the rebels here, Verstappen is unbeatable at the moment. Um. It, it, it's it's as simple as that, really. It doesn't matter, you know, how, how badly Sergio Perez could do. Sergio might do well this season. Who knows? Um, he certainly needs to do a job if he is to maintain the seat in 2025. But, um, yeah, pretty simple. Red Bull first. I think the only question we're seeing is, um, you know, can they do the full 100%? Us F1 fans kind of sat here. I mean, I, I for one, do not. I actually want it to be a competitive season. But, um, you know, if, if it isn't like that, you know, I can only have respect for Red Bull. I can only have respect for um you know the that that the, the work that they're putting in at the moment so um i think that's the only question we have on our minds at the moment yeah exactly and um I, I, it's just kind of like how much it can't surely be more dominant than it was in 2023 i suspect the season will be maybe perhaps slightly more competitive um, but yeah, all eyes in Formula One this year really are on 2025 and the enormous market shuffle that will be happening. And I suspect we'll do a little predictions, a uh, little predictions podcast at some stage because that might be fun to do. Um, but yeah, that kind of ends this week's slow news week podcast. You don't really talk much about Lewis Hamilton because kind of you've already heard all about it and you've already been able to form your own opinion. So actually, this kind of um, led us to to talk about what we might think 2024 will go because just kind of. Everyone's kind of desperate to speed run this year. The longest F1 calendar in history, but no one's talking about that because everyone wants to know uh, what the deal is for 2025. Um, thanks to Taron for being on this episode. As always, um, uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting um, seeing what we think of it. I suspect it won't be too dissimilar to last year, but every race uh, will be different. Every race tells its own story, and we will bring you along for all of them. Um, but for now, uh, we will see you next week. Goodbye.